recording, Gerald. Awesome. It's a podcast now. This is it. It's official. This is the there first- are now two more average white guys making a podcast. Thank I, you, I would world. argue we're mildly above average in some aspects. <laughs> that, well, yeah, I guess it just depends on the spectrum. That's true. That's true. I mean, I, we're both over 6'2". I feel like that's we're both 6'2"-ish, right? True. So that's and if a- you have read the book to your child, children called The Only One Club, I'm sure you'll find that thing that, you know, you're <laughs> the, the special only one, only one of. <laughs> We could we could pull like a Zach Braff, Natalie Portman, and do something entirely original right now, and we would no longer be average. Well, just by the fact that that it's two people both named JT making a podcast together, I think the average podcast has fewer than two people named JT making the same podcast. Welcome to Wigman Daily, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of like two JTs, one cast. Ooh, we're starting early. We'll just leave it with that. Okay, perfect. That feels like a really natural place to pretend we didn't get to. So uh, let's um, let's do a quick intro just in case anybody does hear this that doesn't know us. All right. Uh, I'm Jeremy, uh, last name Toman, hence the JT, a moniker only established for me in my 30s, actually. No one had called me JT until working at Sling Media in the mid-2000s, where someone started calling me JT, and it stuck around a little bit ever since. And that's me in a quick nutshell. I'm 47. I've got three kids. They're awesome. A wife, she's awesome. A dog, he's awesome. And um, fun fact, just opened the pool yesterday. Can't wait to go in. Nice. Living in the Northeast, having a pool is like a really fun three months. Three? I'm going with like two and a half door to door. <laughs> like open to close, maybe, maybe two and a half. But it's a really exciting. Yeah, I already have months. the reminder for. I was gonna say I already have the reminder going for when it's time to shut it down again. <laughs> uh, all right, so I'm uh, JT of the John Thomas ilk, first name, middle name. I've been JT my whole life because turns out there's a lot of Johns and there's also a lot of John Thomases. So I wound up being JT early. Uh, also have an awesome wife, have two kids. I'm 34. Also have puppers named Winston. Big fan. He's the best. Uh, fun fact. I don't know that I have any fun facts, which is funny because I wrote this. So you'd think that I would have written something I had content for, but I didn't. I have no fun right. fact. I live in Charleston. Um, That's do you have a do you have a well well do you have maybe like just a, a a not fun just just a fact how about just a fact. Uh, I don't know how to snap right. I snap weird. Like if you can hear that, I I do a weird thing where I don't do it with my hands right. I made it up. I think I'm the only person. No, I see when you apply pressure with your thumb, I don't. I actually make the noise with my first finger. I don't know how I figured that out. Okay. Well, right. now we have something. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. But uh, there's probably more than one of you. So. I assume somebody else who also couldn't snap found a way to snap the same way I snap. That feels like a thing that probably happened, right? Could be. And hey, if you're listening and you too don't know how to snap your fingers, you got a friend in JT. Yeah. And good news. This is totally a visual medium. So you can tell exactly what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go on with our wonderful agenda here today. 
So uh, why? So we are the co-creators of Wingman Daily, which started as we found out yesterday by me going through my email in November of 2014. So it's been a long project. <laughs> this is this is a this is a podcast and more five years in the making. Just think, like most of the podcasts you listen to, right? Whoever you are, wherever you're going. Most of them didn't have five years of setup before the first episode. Yeah. Right. Like it just, it's just showing you how good this is going to have to be. It was going to um, say in that context, after this point, you'd think we'd be a lot more prepared. <laughs> um, well, those are all old notes. You know, we lost them in the operating system upgrade of, uh, you know, when the thing, and then it changed formats right. and I don't have the adapter anymore. Mm. And it's on that other drive and that uses the other kind of cable. So yeah. plus it's all analog, right? We're, I was going to say, we're on at least two version, two new versions of USB have released since we started talking about doing this. That's, you know, this might be the first time anyone's ever used the chronicling of USB technologies as time markers. That's right. Like hum humanity went, like millions and millions of years before the first USB. Right. And ever since then, they are just rolling through them. It's like, we're going to, by the time there's, there's another episode of this podcast, there'll be four more USB formats. That's uh, so that's the first thing we brought to the world. And I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. So JT and I, well, it was five years ago. We were ruminating on just putting together cool content. It's, it's funny. Cause actually I think the, the buildup story is probably the same one is just, where there's lots and lots of stuff out there. You can read the news. There's clearly more news being videoed and printed and written and typed and said that you can possibly consume in any amount of lifetimes. And the truth is a lot of it's pretty negative. Um, a lot of it's really serious. A lot of it's pretty heavy. Some of it's really good. Some of it's really uplifting. Some of it's really inspiring. And sometimes it's funny and whimsical. We want to be over in that side of the land. Yeah. That's where we like to be. Yeah. And I think we were looking at like, there's a lot of stuff out there that got pretty hyper specific pretty quick. Like there's some websites that took a very hard turn towards a very specific demographic. Whereas I think one of the things that we've always enjoyed about our relationship is that like the age gap is just perfect that like you can dip into where I can go younger and you can dip into where I don't necessarily go a little bit older, but we, we always wind up in a common place and considering that we've been friends for a long time now and, and have never run out of things to talk about, we sort of felt like there's a lot of other people in that same world. And so having sort of the, the dual spectrum of the two JTs looking at stuff and going, yeah, this would be interesting to the people I know up or down kind of felt like a good, a good place to, to not get too in one lane, but instead like to be like, you know, lovingly curious across all the different verticals and all the different stuff we get into. Yeah. And I think one of the other interesting things to note for some of our conversations and, and to just sort of set expectations is while I would say JT and I have a lot of similar overlapping worldviews on things, but that mild generational difference where I'm kind of the tail end of Gen X and he's sort of on the older side of, of millennial lets us attack and talk about issues and by issues we mean what's a really good sports movie right. uh, we so we get to go into this the hard hitting issue. stuff <laughs> yeah and hopefully most of the content's approachable across both generations and you know of course my generation will be the right one because we right. know that obviously caddyshack's better than happy gilmore um but 
it's a tough. That's, I might agree with you on that one. I wish you picked something else. <laughs> oh darn it! Darn it! <laughs> I, I thought I, I thought I'd get you with your hero, Adam Sandler. <laughs> okay, well that's just offensive. But keep going. <laughs> <laughs> not note. Adam Sandler is not actually JT's hero. He's not. He's not. Love him. Love him. Nor Jack, enemy. J- Jack and Jill was unforgivable. So he he lost hero spectrum immediately that that movie was released. Fair enough. Never saw that one. Um, although I hear his newer na- Netflix stuff actually ain't bad. I yeah, haven't watched he, it yet, but I hear it ain't bad. He's like, he was Oscar noms. Like the, this movie he did, which I can't remember the name, Uncut Gems that he just did was like, he was getting Oscar buzz, which Oscar buzz and Adam Sandler were two words I didn't think I'd ever hear together, but it happened. It no, unless thing. there was some kind of buzz cut with a relative named Oscar. Right. Or something Maybe like Oscar that. from yeah. The Office was giving buzz cuts to people from 90s films. There you go. Nailed it. That's all I got. All right. So, JT, you want to tell everybody what the structure of the cast is going to be like? And yeah, we might just call it the cast. We don't always know all the right lingo. So we're just going to make it up when we don't have words. Right. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So so what we'll do is the, the podcast is going to always be, we're going to start with the things we love. So every Saturday on Wingman, we release something that uh, Jeremy and I both think is awesome. Uh, it could be anything. It's just anything on the interweb. So it might be a podcast, uh, which, you know, technically, I guess, makes them rivals now. So that's fun. Um, we're very inclusive here at Wingman. <laughs> uh, um, uh, it could just be like a random article. It could be an author. It could be a series of movies. It could be any number of things that you can find on the interwebs. Um, so what we'll do is we'll always start with the things we love. Right. And it could also, by the way, be like a physical product. It could be just, sure. you know, ice cream. We might have to talk a lot about ice cream one day. But our goal really is for it to be a things we love that maybe you might not have discovered. And then we hope you might love it too. So it's it goes back in that whole sharing is caring thing. Hmm. Uh, so building building on things we love, we'll always have ourselves a little list. Everybody likes a list. Uh, ours goes to five because it's a nice number really because when we want to do lists, what we're going to do is JT and I are going to each have a topic and we're going to not prep the other one for our own lists. So it'll be a big reveal back and forth, exciting drama, tension, whodunits, gosh only knows. Uh, but that'll be the top five list segment. And then uh, JT, what's our last segment? So then what we'll do is we're going to we're going to leave some air coverage to do something uh, where we're excited about. So looking into the, the coming week, uh, if there's something that genuinely causes excitement, then Jeremy and I will dump it, jump into it. Um, sometimes we're not excited about anything. So we might be talking about something that we were excited about before that that worked or didn't work or something we weren't excited about in the previous week that was awesome. Uh, or it might just be dead air. So it could be things we're feeling meh about. Is that uh, is that in, in scope? Yeah, I like I like meh if the meh started with excitement and became meh. But I don't think we should do mm. meh for meh's sake. I, I think that's fair. I think that's yeah. fair. Uh, maybe if we don't have anything we're really excited about, we'll just do more lists. Cause Love a good list. Then we can have lists and lists and be excited about our lists and lists and lists. Yeah. So many lists. All right. Why don't we get started? Shall we? Let's go. All right. So things we love. This week, we love a podcast, as JT alluded to, our new arch rival. Um, They might have more than one listener than we do at this point, but we can't. We're not sure that that's true. It's called the Two listeners, because I'm listening to you and you're listening to me. So we're already like, 
we're huge. It's huge. This is a big podcast we're on right. right now. It's near infinity. So the podcast we're doing is called The Rewatchables. Uh, we're going to guess a lot of you have heard of it, but uh, if you haven't listened to it, that's a big thing. It's by Bill Simmons uh, of The Ringer, now a part of Spotify, uh, which is a subdivision of Mega Audio Corp Initiative, which is, of course, part of M- Mega Steel, a subdivision of Galactic Interspace Highways, Inc. Right. Owned by Lex Luthor. <laughs> right. And then it's, all, it's actually part of Kraft. Uh, they own everything. So the rewatchables, Bill Simmons, who's actually right in between our ages, basically picks those shows that, uh, sorry, not shows, those movies that air typically on a Sunday afternoon on TNT, uh, that when they're on cable, you just sort of can't look away. Uh, I, I actually think a lot about this specifically around the Shawshank Redemption, which Mm. is one of those movies that like you just, it's always on somewhere and if you're flipping through it, especially if certain scenes are on, you cannot flip away. Um, other notable rewatchables from from sort of my definition of the concept would be Top Gun, always on, always rewatchable. The Godfather, Usual Suspects. Um, JT, what's a couple of rewatchables that come to your mind? I'm saving all mine until we actually go through them because I don't want to give mine away. Oh, oh, all right. Well, those weren't actually my, my list. Right for the future list segment. I'm just kind of giving context, but all right. Why we love watching it. Uh, the rewatchables it's fast moving. They, they skip what a lot of, um, review, uh, YouTube and podcasters do, which is spend as long as a movie telling us the plot of the movie. Uh, so what I like about the rewatchables is they basically open with a trailer, give you a few more words to get set up the overall story and then dive right into their structure. And, and this is, I think, part of the genius. I don't know if you want to jump in on this, JT, but what the, the, the cool structure that they follow. Yeah. The, so the thing I so first of all, they're movie buffs, not necessarily like movie right. critics, which to me is a huge differentiator because like they come at it the way I would look at something. So like we'll, we'll use Shawshank because everybody has seen it a million times. Like there's the like panned critic, like, you know, the beats of this movie and this is why it's amazing and brilliant. And instead, like they'll spend time talking about like a really silly scene that just like struck them a certain way because of whatever, because of context or because, you know, the fact that, I don't know, Morgan Freeman is the voice of God forever now. Like there's like it's, it's kind of a more approachable way, I think, to to look at why something is rewatchable aside from that the rights were cheap and TNT and FX both bought it, <laughs> which I think is like a thing that that gets panned by critics, but like one that's not on my list, but like national treasure is a great rewatchable movie, even though it's not a great movie. So like if people who like are movie fanatics and like buffs of cinema, look at that movie, they're going to like, they're going to hate it. But if you just get a bunch of people who like it's raining, they probably have a lot of popcorn. They might've gone out last night and had too much to drink and don't want to move from their couch. That's some of the better work of Nicolas Cage, I think arguably. (laughs) Well, yeah. Although the, um, I think we'll have to have the top five Nick Cage movies as a thing for sure. I have my so, number one uh, immediately, to, so I'm ready. Back to the rewatchables. Part of what, the other segments, they have things like something called Apex Mountain, where they'll decide is the director or lead actor the was this their best performance. Uh, they have a casting what ifs, where they go find out who else was potentially up for a role. They talk about um, the general what's uh, what's lived the best, what's lived the worst. 
and things like that. So it's a fun podcast. If And I think JT just said it really, really well. This isn't the podcast where you'll get a critic's perspective on a movie. This is where you can hear people who just absolutely love a movie talk about it from perspectives that aren't just, here's why I love this movie, but a really in-depth, thoughtful uh, take on what makes that movie so rewatchable. Yeah. And one of the things they're doing recently that I love is like this idea of holding up, which is like such a, it's such an interesting thing, especially like given the the climate we're in right now, where like we're becoming so much more aware of stuff. Like there are certain movies that like, I even think back maybe recently, like within the last two years that if they were on, I would have loved. And now given the new sort of like social understanding, there are like super duper cringeworthy moments in a lot of these films that were like highly rewatchable for a really long time. And now you watch and go, Ooh, no, no. <laughs> so it's yeah. cool that there's somebody kind of like looking at that. Yeah. Like there's a couple of moments in a couple of family favorites, like back to the future that you won't necessarily realize some of the context of that until you're an adult watching what you saw as a child slash teenager and be like, Whoa, right. I don't remember it being that way. Right. His mom's trying to sleep with him. It's weird. <laughs> a little bit. Not a little um, bit. Other, so the rewatchables, as all podcasters say, get it wherever you listen to your podcast, which is so weird to say, because if you're listening to a podcast, you probably know where to get more podcasts. Yeah. Like, I think just because we love think. Bill Simmons, because we, we both do, and I think what he did with The Ringer is amazing, I would encourage yeah. you to go to go listen to it on Spotify because they just spent a lot of money on him. So we <laughs> should, <laughs> they should feel good about their purchase. So l- listen to the Rewatchable specifically on Spotify, not anywhere you get your podcast. Boom. All right. <laughs> uh, are we jumping into segment time now? Let's do top five, bud. Let's do it. I likes me a top fives. I love me some top fives. Tops Fives is my favorite. That's, you know what, Jeremy's? That's one of the things I appreciate about you. You likes the Tops Fives. Now, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. Uh, just to also kind of clue everybody in, we will reference stuff we like a lot. We might not always say what we're referencing because that's part of the joy in a really good reference. Yeah. So if you know, though, you know, shoot us a note that you appreciated because we appreciate. We appreciate you if you appreciate our references. Yeah. So time for our first ever top five list. Now the format is JT and I don't really know how each other are going to roll. So we're going to just go at it and see where they go. We're going to try as much as we can to tie things together like a good rug. So in this case, JT and I are going to give our top five. <laughs> no, 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 no. Wait, I want to, I want to take a minute to really love that reference. I really love that reference. That was great. Sorry. Go ahead. That's brilliant. Well, I, I saw I saw I saw you were sort of breaking up a little, so I wanted, I was I was stretching it out a bit to give you time to recover. Oh man, uh, no, I want to breathe that in. I want to breathe that in, and I want everybody else to breathe okay. it in too. All right, go ahead. Sorry, enjoy, Sorry. man. Enjoy. It's far. It's for you. And, and ironically, I was thinking of one of their movies for my my rewatchables list. It didn't mm. quite make my cut, but it was awfully close. Okay. So these are the top five more uh, most rewatchable movies by our own personal definitions. They are inarguable just because they're our, our personal choices. They might not be the best or the worst. Um, but uh, that said, let's let's take it away. Now I'm going to give one disclaimer to my own list for a moment. Uh, 
I would normally put the Godfather as the first thing on this list and it would always make my top spot because it has this very, it's just a really movie. I love in a, in a way that it always makes tops of lists, but for me, it just sort of transcends a bit, but that said, I'm there for eliminating it from the list because I feel it is too commonplace a list item. Interesting. Strong move. How do you, thank you. So the instead first place, and again, unranked, so the first entry in my top five list is The Usual Suspects. Mm. Uh, moving from the mid-90s, Brian Singer was the director, uh, Kevin Spacey, well, in retrospect, maybe not the best uh, cast and crew, but a great movie, and we'll just move, we'll move on from <laughs> what these folks are all about into the movie itself. Scandal noted, scandal noted, moving on. Thank you. Yeah, it's here with a couple asterisks. But uh, I love the movie because I find that it's so rewatchable because so much of the plot twists and turns are, in a way, indecipherable. And every time I watch it, I find I notice something. By the way, I'm trying to review talk about the usual suspects without spoiling any aspect of the movie. Uh, I think that's another thing that will make a general policy. As much as we can, we will not spoil movies and definitely nothing recent. So um, I think it's safe to say that um, Rosebud's a sled, but after that, we're just going to keep everything else from being spoiled. Uh, so <laughs> what I like about The Usual Suspects, uh, even if you've seen it, give it a rewatch because you're going to start noticing, oh, wow, that thing that, that I learned about this way at this point in the movie, actually, maybe that wasn't that thing that happened the way I thought it was at that point in the movie. Uh, boy, that was a really cryptic way of saying a thing. Yeah, but I think it's, given the movie, I think it's fair. All right. Uh, I think the performances were phenomenal. I think it was one of the very first real twist and turnsy kind of movies. Um, you know, we didn't we didn't have, like, like, a plot twist was not a common thing before The Usual Suspects. And I don't think that they invented it. Uh, I don't think the big reveals that they have are the first ever big reveals. But I think they they ushered in a new era of maybe the audience not fully knowing what they're seeing until later in the movie as concept. Okay. Uh, and I really respect them for that. Um, I also do think that the cast worked phenomenally well together. They were just, uh, you know, you've never seen Stephen Baldwin like this or or really any any other way but I was you know say, I mean. yeah benicio del toro in that movie specifically i think is is special like genuinely special so good yeah so, so good. good okay jt what's on your list all right so my mine are definitely in no particular order um the first one for me i don't i don't feel bad about it I want to feel bad about it for some reason, but I don't. It's a it's a great Keanu Reeves movie. It's a, a lovely Gene Hackman portrayal. Um, it's about sports, which I must, I could do rewatchable sports movies alone. Like I easily have a top ten list for that. Um, I think it had a, a so this it had a not, residency. I gotta ask is is this is it is it much to do about nothing? It's not much to do about nothing. It's not. It's okay. not. Could have been. Was not. <laughs> Um, I got the wrong Keanu Reeves sports movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the wrong one. Different sport. Um, it's. I'm trying to think if there's like, so. It's not a great movie, and I know it's not a great movie, and but it has all the makings of like, 
just a thing that I really, I don't know. It's one of those movies that had a residency on TNT for three years. And I just don't feel bad. You know what? It's the replacement. Don't feel great. bad, man. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry. One more time. It's I, great. One more time. I think I accidentally talked over you one more time. The replacements, the replacement. Ah, it's, it's basically, it's basically necessary roughness, but with professionals instead of <laughs> college kids, necessary roughness, also a great bad movie, by the way. Yes. Um, there's just not enough Sinbad movies in the world. I want to be on record saying that. Uh, but yeah, the what replacement is great. Or Shazam. Shazam, or I think. No, wait, Kazam was Shaq. Oh, Shazam. Right, right. No, Shazam is the fictional one with Sinbad. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, I think it's a fine choice, sir. And I don't, I, I look, that has to be the last time you're defensive about a selection on this cast. This is our place, man. That's you fair. like what okay. you like, and nobody can take that away from you. I will. I will. All right, you're I, saw, I only saw that one once, and uh, one of those like saw it in the great times. I was probably a beer or two too many, so I have actually a fond memory of it also. But because of that, I might actually not rewatch it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good. That's fair. <laughs> Just in case. That's fair. That's fair. All right, you're up. Uh, well, funny enough, I'm going to stick with comedy, and and again, neither of us have seen each other's lists, but. I have a comedy sporting movie as well. Um, now, I deliberately did do this part. I referenced it earlier. It's actually Happy Gilmore. I oh. Happy Gilmore to me uh, is so eminently rewatchable because it it happened at a very happy place in my in my life. So uh, I have nothing but fondness for it because it just brings me right back to a movie I saw with great friends that I've still seen multiple times with those same great friends. Uh, it is a good comedy. It's well done. It is Adam Sandler at his absolute best when they were writing tight scripts with clever jokes that weren't too, uh, you know, nineties tropey, but actually could stand up. Um, there's hockey in it. I'm not a mm-hmm. golf guy, but there's hockey in it. There's Bob Barker in it. Like that, it, that movie also good. awkwardly holds up really well because golf will never get unstuffy to the level that they portray it in that movie. So like, it's never not going to be somewhat relevant to like, you know what I mean? Like it'll always yeah. be funny because golf's never going to get that loose ever. So like, it's a right. safe place where it'll, it'll never be like, yeah, people just like curse and stuff that doesn't happen still, even though it's gotten way calmer since that movie was filmed. It's still golf. <laughs> Agreed. I, I also respect the movie. I think it's at the tail end of the era of comedies before they sort of had to outgross each other in a way. They had to outlude each other. I don't know the right yeah. phrasing I would use, but it was still back in the day when like, you didn't have to push to the extremes to get a joke across. And and I like, don't get me wrong, there's some great modern comedies, but this is sort of the end of that era of comedies. Yeah, I, would I think that's fair. All right, number two. All right, so in general, I'm not a big holiday movie guy. Like, it's not my thing. Uh, my cousin was one of those people that, like, looked forward to watching, um, a, like, particular movies on particular days, and it was, like, a whole thing. Um, however, and even though I'm not, like, the biggest Will Ferrell fan, I did have a soft spot in my heart for Zoe Duchanel for a long time. Like, I just think she's really, I think she's clever. Um, but, dude, Elf is so good. Every time Elf is on, I'm always like, oh, this movie's, like, just so overrated. And then it's an hour later, and I'm like, oh, I love this part. I watch that movie every single time it's on during the holidays. And I'm like, yeah, this movie's never not going to be interesting to me. It's a hilarious, it's a hilarious concept. 
It's a brilliant cast. Shout out Peter Dinklage. He's hilarious in that movie specifically. Um, it's just like, it's just really, really good acting and a really silly plot that is like taken overly seriously, which makes it perfect. It's like a perfectly, yeah, I'll watch this again movie for me. Yeah, yeah, I think that's super well said. You know, it's funny we were going to watch it with the kids this past holiday season, and we just sort of forgot it. Just we just we, we just missed the uh, missed the timing. Not that you can't watch it other times of the year, but it's definitely uh, it's definitely going to be on the twenty twenty rewatchables. Yeah, and it's also good because like it's one of those movies that like unlike a lot of the stuff Will Ferrell does, like there's nods to stuff that's a little adult, but like that movie could just like you could play that in a dentist office and no one's going to get offended, like. <laughs> Except maybe, I guess, during the scene when he's putting syrup on, like, his, I guess, in a dentist office, maybe that's offensive because of the pure volume of sugar that Buddy the Elf eats. No spoilers. No, no, no. The dentists love it. It just brings them repeat business. Oh, see, perfect. So even a dentist office. I think, like, that's, to me, that's, like, a good tenet of a, of a movie is, like, I wouldn't be weirded out no matter who was in the room when it was on. And it's still enjoyable for everybody. Nice. Uh, I'm going to switch genres radically. Uh, in fact, possible not necessarily the most polar opposite. I guess a movie like Saw would be the polar opposite. But uh, I will pick um, The Great Escape. Ooh. Yeah. Dig it. Great Escape. I mean, first of all, it is like three hours long, which means on, on a Sunday afternoon with commercials, like seven hours long. And it's just so perfectly done. Uh, it's obviously a prison breakout World War II war uh, thriller, suspenseful drama, etc. What's so special about it is not only is the cast phenomenal and and own their roles, but it actually is one of those movies where the central plot is straight up just uh, action thriller. But there's lots of character, rich, rich characters and character development. Like there's not just it's not just a bunch of um you know if you think about a lot of more modern ensemble films like uh con air where every character is just the one personnel like they're just all one dimensional i think great escape is a is a much richer character set with a phenomenal story that by the way mostly true um so if you didn't know that little fun Wait, fact is that, is that real great escape is based off uh based off some true stuff really yeah i didn't know that yeah yeah truth throughout no so kidding. That's uh, and that, again on all the time it's definitely on right now oh yeah probably for sure but a young charles bronson my goodness uh yeah so that one i'm su- i'm not surprised to hear it as a rewatchable it definitely would not have been in my purview at all to be like, a, oh, that's rewatchable for sure. It's like one that I'm like, that has been appointment viewed by me maybe three times in my whole life. And I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Like, I like it. It's a good movie. It's definitely a good movie. Like, I think that's even like, if it's like flick movie film, that's like, that's heading into film territory, I think, to a, oh, like, sure. to a certain extent. Um, all right. I, reflect, I, I respect that flex. That's cool. Thanks, man. Definitely didn't see that yeah. coming. Well, look, I was, I, well, cause I was looking through like my, some of my film lists and stuff. Cause of course I'm the guy with has lists of stuff and I was trying to find the ones where I put myself in that mindset. Like I'm changing channels, but this thing is on what, what absolutely do I not turn away from? Yeah. And, fair. and great escape was, I was like, oh yeah, I, I've, I've never not finished watching great escape from the moment I turn it on. Fair. 
Back to you, sir. Okay. This one, I couldn't love this movie more. This movie literally has everything. This movie has Bruce Willis. This movie has aliens. This movie has a blue lady that sings opera. This movie has Gary uh, Oldham. This movie has Mila Jovovich. It has Chris Tucker. It has cool guns. Uh, It has some of the most- I figured out a blue lady with opera, by the way. That's a dead giveaway. Yeah. Um, It is, it has some of the most hilariously, like it has so many nuggets that if you remember them, they're perfect, like perfectly time quoting, like just like random in your life quoting that if you want to make friends, this is a movie you can make friends over by making two or three small lines. Like if you can just pull out, like you are going to make a friend in public. If someone hears you say that and gets that reference, it's well in done. the fifth element is so good. Like, you know, it's I think, so I think, good. I think that's a good point. Um, and it would definitely argue that like between this and Friday, if Chris Tucker had done no more films, he would be like, yeah, he'd be just below place. Eddie Murphy instead of being like, you know, kind of more Cat Williamsy. But like right. it's instead of being thing, the guy from Rush Hour again, again, right? Rush Hour Seven. This is still happening. Still rushing. Uh, yeah, still, still happening. Uh, the other thing that I low key love about this movie is it's actually really well done. Like, For the, sure. the, like all three acts are really beautifully like put together. Like it has a really genuine, like like a genuinely good readable story arc without any of the nonsense. Um, it surprisingly holds up pretty well as far as like the the sci like the sci-fi side of it and the CGI stuff that they did like they didn't overdo it to such an extent or underdo it to such an extent that now it's comical to watch like if your son watched it he would definitely be like this is old but he wouldn't be like this is so unbelievable i can't watch it um which is like i think a testament to how well they did considering i think it came out like 97 like it's a i, I just it's one of those movies that i love i absolutely adore yeah, it's got to be somewhere in that late '90s frame, I, and, and I agree with you. It's it's also sort of in that same end of era. Like it's right before CGI took everything over, and yeah. so they had to do you know the real world visual effects stuff. And and I think they they deserve a lot of props for that. Yeah, and even like thinking, just like I can like if I close my eyes and think about that movie, I can see the alien guys, and they don't look out of this world, not real. Like right. they look like. They look movie passable still today. It just looks yeah. like a directorial decision to not go with CGI and instead go the Jim Henson route, which I actually right. still would respect. So now if you could mash up this movie and Stargate, which came out around the exact same time, would you? No. No. <laughs> that was a weird question. All right, let's go on. Um my fourth choice. I I had to toss up so the these next two are probably actually gonna be if I, if I really, really had to go back to it with like numbering and ranking, these next two might be my actual top two. Um, but, you know, just uh, I'm probably also forgetting great movies as I go. Uh, and I did not include Shawshank in my list again, because much like Godfather, it's sort of like a gimme. Um, it's like the free board in bingo, you know? Yeah. Like, like if, yeah, it should have just been like, what's your top five plus the Shawshank Redemption and Godfather? Yeah, I think that's fair. That's reasonable. All right. So um, I'm going to go with, all right, here's the one I'm doing next. Breaking Away. I don't know if you know this movie, JT. I, I, want, I want to have one on my list that, that I might stump you with. It's from the late 70s, starring a young Daniel Stern, a okay. young dude from uh, the Bad News 
Bears, who was also in the Watchmen movie, whose name I now cannot remember for the life of me. But, um, you know, that rough and tough guy, you know the guy. People are people who are listening who aren't don't actually exist, but people who would be listening are like, come on, how can you forget that guy's name? And even right now, I'm like, I can't remember it. The Watchmen movie it. or the Watchmen show? Watchmen movie, the actor who played Rorschach, which was basically his like semi-career oh. revival from the late 90s bad news bro oh bad news bears God. yeah i know what you're talking about okay that guy. Going. all okay. right so breaking away is a coming of age movie by the way the actors i named aren't the main character because he's like a true one-hit wonder uh it's filmed in uh bloomington indiana and it's about this this group of friends who are affectionately called to as cutters they're the the townies and uh this one kid is obsessed with the italian uh Tour de France, uh, the the bicyclist team, and he his hobby is road biking, street biking. Yeah, I know your face you're making. I see you. You're gonna watch this movie and you're gonna be like, Jeremy, I was wrong. Okay, guaranteed. I'll watch um, it. By the way, by the way, the soundtrack is of course mostly opera. Um, sure, like so you right. do. Yeah, and uh, it's just a wonderful movie. I will warn anyone listening: it is a slower paced movie. And if you're going to give it a shot, please try not to multitask because it needs all your attention. It's one of those, like, just get lost in the story. Um, I think it actually holds up. I watched it again a couple of years back. I think it really holds up in modern times because it is set in that late 70s where everything was just slower about life. And I think the story is just beautifully done. The relationships have a lot of truth to them. Um the even the the parents of the various children in the town well done the conflicts between you know moving on in life and growing up uh and and actually phenomenal music and really really good action sequences for the for the brief uh bicyclists bicycling biking parts it's a bicycle right like a bike like a bike yeah, I want to yell bikes really loud because of Tom Segura, but I'm going to be kind to the people <laughs> who are listening to this. Bikes! So breaking away. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, it won, uh, it, it won, I think it won uh, Best Original Screenplay. So Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that guy's name, by the way, is Jackie Earl Haley. Yes, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to pretend that I didn't look that up. I, I There's no way I would have pulled his name up. No, we I, we we all knew you looked that up. Even the yeah, people yeah. who aren't watching you, like me, or know that you that you pulled that up. That one needed I because it was bothering me because I was like, okay, I know this guy, but I don't know this guy. JT, will you promise to watch Breaking Away within two weeks? Yeah, I can do that. Okay, I can I also just DVD. No, that's okay. I'll find it. I also <laughs> just randomly. I don't even know if I have anything that plays DVDs in my house anymore. Oh, I have a PlayStation Three. That's the closest yeah. thing I have. Um, I also just recently took up bicycling. So like, maybe this is like a, maybe it's, this was kids. I'm supposed to do this now. There you go. Uh, all, right, all right. So number my four. number, my number four. So I struggled because I have one that I want to add to the, obviously this is part of the list. Okay. List, which is Ferris Bueller's day off. Like, I, I feel like that sure. needs a nod because yep. again, like you're just watching that if it's on, it's like, Oh, I'm watching this. Yeah. I mean, look, you could put Top Gun in there too. Like they're just, they're just so, def- they're just so done though. Yeah. Like, see, all I, right. Go with your, go back to your gut. Go. I we'll, ta- your we'll talk about my Tom Cruise problem someday. Today's not that day. Okay. Um, but so I want to include that, but instead it's going to get the honorable nod of just like, you're a Shawshank. Like you just, you're just one of those movies. Everybody probably understands. 
and I wanted to pull one out that I absolutely know you've seen, but I didn't think you would ever have on this list. But for me, maybe this is sentimentality taking over. Dude, Benny and June. Like, it is one of my all-time... If I even hear something from that movie, I will leave where I am to go to the room that movie's on and, and we'll sit down and watch it. Yeah, I saw it once, didn't really care for it. And that's okay. I actually think that's <laughs> fine. I actually, I'm actually okay with that. But for me, that movie is like, when you think about all of the like, like Wes Anderson, Paul Thomas Anderson, like quirky, weird, fun, sort of like that off-brand specific, like alt, alt comedy, some people call it. Like just, it was Jeremiah Sheshik that did, that was the director of that movie. I think everything in that movie just felt so, like so intentional and so great and so like, put together and like it's one of those movies that if like it's a script movie that gets that was just happened to be acted really well but the script yeah. of that i think is beautiful like there's there's just little lines in there i mean my wife uh my wife's fashion blog forever ago was called eternal sequin issues which is like it's a it's a b-roll part of that movie that's just like two seconds where he's like sewing and he's like we just have eternal sequin issues and that's such like a weird random line and if you watch that movie again it's littered with little like amazing curated nuggets like that. Um, and it's just like, it's, it's the, it's the perfect amount of feel good, feel bad for me. Like, I like it. It's not a movie that you're going to put out. It's not like finding Nemo where you're like, you know, Disney, huge story arc, terrifying death or something scary happens. And then everything right. in the end is okay. It's kind of like more like life where it's like throughout that entire film, there's this weird sort of up and down narrative that never really, really like shows itself until the end. And even in the end, you're kind of like, I think I really felt feel good now. I'm not sure. <laughs> like, which I like, I think there's a certain, there's something like, there's almost like a beautiful melancholy to that entire story, which nice. to me makes it very relatable and watchable. And by the way, I think, I think your point about it, um, it, it absolutely was one of the predecessors to the whole indie film era, uh, unquestionably set up that, that stage of those mid to late nineties where people did lots of quirky kind of movies and uh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, all fair points. Um, and I can certainly, certainly see why you'd have that love for it and, and absolutely give it the respect for, for fitting into that uh, zone very well. Cool. Thanks. All right. Yeah. That was five. the last time we saw Captain Jack Sparrow as a normal guy, wasn't it? I think we could argue that that's, that's just as like Captain Jack Sparrow might be him being normal. Like that's the most normal he is. Could be. I mean, when he plays Johnny Depp, he's pretty pretty low low key about it. But well, I don't know. There's certain there's certain page six articles that <laughs> disagree about him being low key anything. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So final on my list, and often would be the movie I'd go to as my overall like if I got to pick a movie to watch, what's it going to be? All going to the eighties. Uh, going with comedy. Are you going to raise your hand when you think you've got it, JT? I, I almost want to guess before you even say it. Okay, give me a guess. All right, all right, can, I, can we do like, I don't want to do 20 questions, but like John Hughes or no? Not John Hughes. Mm. Not an ensemble cast. Um, Big? You know, has a typical <laughs> final act, a little too much action and not, you know, kind of almost, almost messes up with the movie but manages to tighten it up oh no now i'm definitely out just keep going it might be the only comedy that references uh, a water buffalo 
No, that was an obscure reference. Fred the Dorf Dorfman? Fred the Dorf The movie Dorf would be Fletch. Is that Tom is that Tom Hanks though? No. It's Chevy Chase. It's Chevy Chase. Oh, it's Chevy Chase. Oh my god. Yeah, I saw that movie once a very long time ago and I've never seen it again. Once? Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, um, that's an interesting one. We're going to have to have just a Fletch conversation at a separate time. Um, I, it, to me, it's, you know, I think a lot of it's the timing when that came out. I, I can tell you, I remember watching it somewhere in the, the first couple of years after it came out at home on my couch, like childhood memory and probably have seen it somewhere in the hundred to two times since. Wow. I'll watch it anytime, any day. I can quote from it. I could probably have most of a conversation with nothing but Fletch quotes. Uh, and I have numerous friends where, in fact, me and these four buddies of mine, we, we were in our little group text doing a game where you had to finish the quote and then flipped it around where you had to give the opener to the quote. And we were, everybody was just acing it. So this might be in that generational area. I was going to say, this, this might be great. This might be the gray space. Yeah. But uh, I, I am actually surprised that it hasn't made its way into your vernacular. Because I do think it's in that, it's in that same realm of comedies that spans your Caddyshacks, Animal House, Stripes, um, uh, uh, Beverly Hills Cop. It's in that same era, oh. Trading Places. Oh. It, it fits in well with all those. And I would argue it's, it's, it, to me, Fletch and Chevy Chase are just the same person, um, yeah. which isn't necessarily true because of everything I've heard about Mr. Chase, but well, you know, I part wish of it. it was the same person. I think that's part of it is because Chevy Chase. So first of all, I feel like in the SNL days pr- prior to me being alive and watching SNL, but like you were either a Chevy Chase person or a Bill Murray person. So I feel like I definitely went the Bill Murray route. Hmm. Um, but listen, I, I respect it. Or, I've heard it. I know people love it, but for K no lays dose. Is that how you say that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm terrible. I know that's a phrase, but I don't know. I'm uh, okay. Uh, so I'm, let's, yeah. all right, go let's, for it. I want to hear your rap. I'll give you my last one. Uh, this is meta. It's intentionally meta. It's the only one that I kept like at a particular position. Uh, high fidelity because of the top, not because nice. of the top five thing, but because nice. that movie I thought was literally going to be my life. Like that dude loves music is bad at relationships and just owned a record store and judged everybody all the time. And I was like, yeah, I could do all those things. Check, 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 check. And also there is a nice little sort of symbiotic meta-ness to this that like we'll, we'll end on a top cause that's what they, all they do in that. Listen, it's early days, Jack Black. And they just like randomly run through top five lists of music stuff. And it's hilarious. And it's a lovely movie. And Hulu yeah. just made a new version of it with Lisa Benet's daughter um, that I've not watched yet, but I'm excited to. So I haven't watched it either. I, I don't, I don't know if I want to mess with it, with a, the, uh, the Hulu no. version, I, but I, uh, the movie, the movie is one of my all times. I, I will say that the, the, all the mixtape stuff. Oh yeah. The lists. Yeah. Um, the, you know, it's funny because Jack Black's two earliest performances might've been the first two were that and, um, enemy of the state enemy of the where state. if you'd watch, yeah, if you'd watch those two, you'd be like, all right, I really like this guy as a supporting actor. Yeah. 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 You know? And now it turns out he's, uh, he's huge. Him and tenacious D in the pick of destiny. Who knew? Yeah. But um, great okay, choice. So, thank you. So before yeah. we go, anything quickly, you're super excited about this upcoming week. 
Uh, I'm super excited for something my company's doing. I don't have much to do with what what's coming out yet, but it is part of my wheelhouse is uh, HBO Max. The launch is yeah. uh, in about a week, depending on when we finish this. And uh, I think that's pretty cool because it's going to be it's it's the uh, yes, my company does it. What I what I find interesting as a guy in the industry is that it'll be it's sort of the final uh, piece of the overall puzzle. So that we move in, it's it's almost like we're we're at the end of of MCU Phase Two, and now right. we're setting up Phase Three, right? It's right. like like Phase Three of the streaming life, right? If Phase One was Sling and YouTube and all those things, and Phase Two was um, Netflix to now, now we're gonna have this really mature OTT world, and and I just think that's that's a lot of fun. Dope. I don't have anything coming up this week. I'm excited to to see when golf comes back. I'm excited to maybe try to golf, but that's it. Um, all right. Any final words, Jared, before we go? Final word, sibilance. Perfect. Thanks for letting us be your wingman, guys. <laughs> <laughs>